if any of us prepared bits, we might have prepared the same bit. <laughs> uh, is it a Norm MacDonald related bit? Yeah. <laughs> oh. you, can, you, you can go I, ahead with the bit. If you... I prepared a bit of uh, something else. Well, let's hear Vaz's bit because I, yeah. I know what the Norm MacDonald bit is. Oh, my, my bit's a song. Okay. I love you, that. All right, you want to go? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Give me a sec. All right. And they say that the birds will destroy us. I'm just going to sit here and wait. Hold on to the wings of an eagle. Watch as he pecks at my face. They're watching us, watching. They're watching us, watching as they all peck away. And then so forth. God damn yeah. it. I, I apologize for not being your Josie Scott in that. I should have said, like, have stepped up. Pecking us. Pecking us. Oh, man. You had to be there. 2002. That was. That's the kind of music that was in Spider-Man movies. <laughs> that in some 41, man. That that was the day. That was the times. Those were the times. And Macy Gray. And they were all hanging out. Yep. Canadian butt rockers and Macy Gray for some reason. <laughs> then the, the obvious one, because it was, you know, it was foregrounded earlier yesterday or the day before in text. Uh, it's got the grace of a swan the wisdom of an owl and the eye of an eagle ladies and gentlemen this podcast is for the birds hey <laughs> got him and that's the second time we've this group has started a podcast with a reference to a roast <laughs> <laughs> we could have actually waited until you did the intro and then you could have said the name of the movie we were watching is and then done the jit done done the bit but it feels too late for that it's too late for that R.I.P. Norm, and uh, All right. let's let's get into it, I guess. <laughs> oh wow, this will be the longest in a while we've gone before actually not start was for starting, not starting, <laughs> saying we don't know how to start. Uh, we we've got it down to like a tight fifteen seconds usually. <laughs> I mean, I know we now you know how to start the podcast. It needs to be a movie you know, version a of Hero, yeah, by yeah. by Chad Kroger, and Josie Scott every time now going forward. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> What band was Josie Scott? Saliva. Saliva, okay. <laughs> right. Like yeah. one of the most iconic bands of the 2000s. Click, click boom. <laughs> the 3000s. <laughs> they, they'll be famous then too. <laughs> Saliva's eternal. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, as you know, I don't understand the podcast. So it'll either be whatever this gets kept or something along the lines of. Welcome to Late the Movies. My name is Ben Holden. This is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Each week, we'll pick a movie that either I or our guests hadn't seen before and really should have by now. This week, continuing Bird Month. A whole month of birds. It's the birds. <laughs> the birds. The birds. Uh, your guest, my guest, everyone's guest, left, right, across your podcast dial. Um, we got Bree. Hello. I actually am going clockwise on the Discord screen. We got Sam. Hello. And we got Vaz. It's the end of the world, Ben. <laughs> our, our nearly silent producer. We got Craig here. Hey, hey, Craig, how's it going? Thanks, thanks for coming back. Craig's the robot who records thanks, when we're on Discord. Craig. Does hey, a really good job. It's from good, Craig. Good for Craig. And uh, yeah, so uh, 
it's the birds this this week. It's the birds this whole month. Um, in case you're just tuning in, you skip chicken around. The reason it's bird month is because every November I try and think of four Thanksgiving movies I want to do. I get to one or two and say, I don't want to do these. <laughs> and, well, we and, will do Paul Blart mall cop at one point. One, at do. one point. There's no other podcast that's ever talked about it. Yeah. Uh, so the compromise well, results is, uh, the next episode is actually gonna have the person on that came up with birds as a theme. Because a turkey's a bird, and so it's kind of related. Ray, Ray is who, the, who came up with that idea. And there's a lot of good movies about birds or related to birds in some way, maybe even just the title. But anyway, Chicken Run last week. Revolutionary heroic birds, opposite this time, chaotic anarchy birds. Um, we'll, we'll get into it. Before that, though, have you guys watched anything good recently? I'll defer to Bree. <laughs> Oh, I have. I've watched a lot since the last podcast, so if anyone wants to go first, then I can end. Yeah, I've seen some stories on, on the old Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I can I, take a start. Yeah, go for it. Or, all right, all right. Um, I mean, it's been a bit since I've seen it, but I did watch uh, Killers of the Flower Moon since I was last on the pod. We were going to see that today, but we watched the birds. Instead. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, there's not, there's actually probably the same amount of birds in the birds as there is in Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, I'm not going to say anything new of what anyone else has said, but like, fantastic. Great stuff. Uh, Scorsese's killing it. Killing it. Okay. So, uh, since, um, since the last podcast, there's definitely been a lot of movies and I've also started using Letterboxd like way more faithfully now. Um, but so. Before all the horror movies, I watched Hail Caesar, finally, um, and that was a lot of fun. Great movie. Um, watched a new uh, comedy slasher called Totally Killer uh, that has Kiernan Shipka in it, and it's phenomenal. It's about a serial killer um, that she tries to go stop by going back to the 80s to figure out the killings that he did back in the 80s. Um, great homage to 80s um, slasher movies. Um, watched the new Pixar movie Elemental. Um it might be my favorite Pixar movie, um, which is wild because Monsters Inc. has not been dethroned since it came out. But it was just so genuinely adorable and cute that I just completely fell in love with it. Um watched Five Nights at, Fr at Freddy's and that was a lot of fun. Um not the best horror movie or anything out there. It was literally horror for children like Coraline. Uh, but I still had fun with it. Um, watched the new DreamWorks movie, Ruby Gilman, uh, Teenage Kraken. Not that great. Um, I thought it was, like, the, the dig at The Little Mermaid I thought was funny, and making mermaids like the evil ones, um, but the movie just wasn't that good, especially since DreamWorks has such good movies. I felt like this one just kind of was not that great. Um, and then I got covid um, and had nothing to do while being out of work because I literally couldn't sit up and work and watched all of the Scream movies. Um, finally got through all of them um, all together. Um, the first and the second and the fourth ones were the best to me, and then everything else kind of fell just a little bit below that. Um, nothing fell below three and a half stars, and that was the newest one. Um, 
I feel like Scream 6 didn't get as campy as the previous ones. I felt like it started taking itself a little too seriously. Besides, like, like some of the tropes that they, um, um, that there were just common throughout the other movies, but everything else just felt a little too serious. Um, and then I faced my childhood trauma and watched all of the Child's Play and Chucky movies. Um, that was a load of fun. I was terrified of this fucking Cabbage Patch Kid for years. Um, but I finally saw the first Child's Play movie, and I was like, this is a genuinely amazing horror movie. Um, I put it in my letterbox review, but, like, the reveal that he didn't have batteries in is, like, chef's kiss. Such a good, such a good scene. Um, and all of them are pretty good. Like, there are some that are, that could be better. Um, like, Child's Play 3 was not that good. Um, when they started being comedy movies, they were a lot of fun to watch. Um... And then Curse of Chucky was the first direct-to-video movie that they did, um, but it was it went back to its horror roots, and it was great. It was such it was so reminiscent of the first one that came out in um, in the '80s, and it was genuinely really scary. Because um, what made the first one so scary was the tension buildup, because you don't see Chucky come to life until like the last half hour or something like that. Um, it's just implications, and they do that again in Curse of Chucky, where, like, you just don't really see him ever, like, walking around. Um, and then Cult of Chucky, which is the last one that came out, um, just wasn't that good. <laughs> um, the animatronic looked a little weird. The story was everywhere. It ends, like, six different times. Like, you keep thinking it's ending, and then it doesn't. Um, and there was really weird PowerPoint transitions in the beginning of it that didn't exist in any of the other movies, so it just felt really lazy and out of place. Um, and then the other two movies, or no, just one, actually. Uh, the Final Girls, I didn't realize came out, but this actually came out in, like, 2015, is another, like, 80s slasher homage. Um, and they basically get stuck in an 80s slasher, um, and they have to basically they have to figure out like um how to get out of it basically by killing the um the killer at the end and then being able to finally get out of the movie very cheesy um but a lot of fun to watch that's it <laughs> nice yeah I, I definitely haven't watched all all of the jackie movies but i may maybe someday maybe i'll get covid again <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I was going to say, I think your scream ranking is right around where my scream ranking probably is. Um, I remember for the first time I watched through all of them, which was within the last year, I was like shocked looking at, you know, contemporary reviews and how many people absolutely hated the third one. It's like the third one is pretty obviously very good to me. So I don't know. Yeah, it's I so. As I've said before, I rank by how much fun I have watching a movie. Like, I don't necessarily go by, like, oh, this is, like, uh, a cinematic masterpiece. Like, I don't care yeah. if it's a masterpiece. It's how much fun I have watching, because that's the point of watching a movie. Um, Scream 1 and 2, I gave perfect fives. Like, had fun all the way through, yeah. no notes. Um, 3, I dropped by, like, half a star. Um 
and I don't really super remember why. I think it might have been Courtney Cox's haircut because it was just so distracting. <laughs> it was. It's really bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Parker um, Posey's there. But no, Parker Posey outacted everyone as she usually does. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just I didn't find it as good as the first two. No. Scream I Two is probably one of the perfect sequels out there. Um. I probably like Scream. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say it's, it comes out in the year two thousand. It's doing like a Harvey Weinstein plot. <laughs> it's like Wes Craven was trying to tell you all, you know. Exactly. Oh God, it was so good. Um, I probably like Scream Four most than people, and then most people. I don't know how like well that one was received, but I thought it was as good as the first two. I didn't expect it to be, but the twist was really good, and the, the overacting was so good. Like, Emma Roberts is great. Um, yeah, it's weird. It hasn't, like, taken off for her because she's really good in that movie. She got... I don't remember when she got everything after that, but I think she got Scream Queens because of that. Um, and I think she got uh, American Horror Story because of that. Um, because I, yeah, that was Scream 4 came out in 2011, and I think all of those came out after that. Um, and they're very similar in tone, so I think it worked out for her being, uh, being in that role in Scream. Um, because I don't think she had done much else before that that wasn't like kid stuff because he was a child actor. Yeah, I, I just mean kind of like from starting on third as far as being an actor oh, goes. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and the then newer, the newer ones I, I I like. I think I probably like them as much as you do. I think Scream's yeah. a weird franchise in which the fans of the franchise generally like all of the movies, at right. least. All right. Birds. I haven't seen the birds before. Oh, you're the late to the movie. I think I said that over text. Sam Sam also, I believe. Correct. Nice. Now the Holtz. I saw it in film class in high school, so it's definitely been over 10 years. <laughs> and um, I saw it on my own, I don't know, maybe well over 10 years ago. And then uh, I think two years ago, I rewatched it and then I rewatched it again today. So I've seen it three times now. Nice. And yeah, this was your first time around, right, Sam? Yes. Solo view. I'm I'm looking at the poster for it, and there's a quote. It could be the most terrifying motion picture I have ever made. <laughs> That's a fucking lie. <laughs> the most terrifying part is how he treated her. <laughs> I like that they put him on the poster. He's not on the poster. He's a showman. Uh, He's part of it. Yeah, and... Walking out of the, the pet store with his dogs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was in it. He could be on the poster. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a sag. I didn't realize this until just now. There's a picture of Tippy Hedren, uh, Hedren, and it says uh, a fascinating new personality. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. She's fascinating. Put her in a Marnie. He definitely um, <laughs> he definitely didn't see her in a catalog and then put her in a movie because he wanted to have sex with her. That's definitely not what happened. That's not how he operates. We talked about him in Blondes when we did Vertigo. He's a weird yeah. dude. Yeah, he's not, he's, he's not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, who wants to give us a one minute plot summary for the birds? The birds. Uh, I guess. I guess I can give a one minute plot summary on the birds. Sure. 
All right, start the clock. I got a clock. All right, so uh, Melanie Daniels meets lawyer Mitch Brenner, and she she's looking. Uh, he's looking to buy some lovebirds, and then he's like, "Hey, uh, you're a woman in the '60s. You must work at this bird store." And she's like, "Yeah, of course I do." And he, she's like, "You want to buy these lovebirds?" And like, "Those are canaries." And she's like, "Ah, where do you live?" And he's like, "Bodega Bay." And then he doesn't actually say that, but then she finds that out, and then she follows him home uh, with lovebirds, and then sticks them in there, and then he finds out uh, that he did. She did that, and then. Uh, birds birds start attacking it's not my fault the beginning's so long and then uh birds start attacking everybody and then she meets like a bunch of other people and birds attack all those people and then she 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 hides in a house and then birds attack her in the house and also in a phone booth earlier and there's a huge explosion also and uh then uh, a lot of people get killed by birds but not all that's it (laughs) yeah good job um so I'm picking up. Did you guys not like this movie? <laughs> uh, no, I, I liked it. I don't think I it's an it. all-time classic, but I liked it. I, it's not one of my favorites of Hitchcock's. I feel like it's one of it's like his start of his um, downward spiral in his later career. What I, I read that um, the screenwriter, who since I have a computer in front of me, I can just look it up. Evan Hunter. Evan Hunter came to him and said, "What if we did like a screwball comedy, but like a thriller?" And Hitchcock loved that idea. And I think that that does shine through. I don't think he failed at that goal. I think this is very much a screwball comedy, but like actual horror, you know, like to it. And I thought there were, and we can get into it, but like, I thought there were a lot of cool things that like they did do. Um, But yeah, like overall the, there's like no memorable lines. (laughs) There's, there's, uh, there's not a, like, like the plot is very bare bones. Um, but yeah, it's effective at what it wants to be. The thing that I said to Bree after it was done was this feels like something that inspired a lot of people, um, but not necessarily was a piece of cinema that I would want to continuously go back to. Mm. So if I may, I loved this movie. Um, I thought it fucking rocked. <laughs> All right. Well, good for the letterbox review. You'll improve it up to, I don't know, something. <laughs> You'll get it higher than it was going to be previously. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, this movie was rocked for me. Um, I had a good time. <laughs> so, like, and I'm not trying to be pedantic or anything. Like, did it did it rock for you in a way that you thought Alfred Hitchcock wanted it to rock for you, or did it rock for you in yeah. a way that okay? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I loved the kind of first, slightly less than half, the first like 55 minutes, I guess. Um, where it's like sort of, uh, kind of, oh, it's going to be one of those psychological Hitchcock thrillery movies where there is a blonde lady and a guy who has a weird relationship with women and especially his mom. Um, and that stays throughout, but then he kind of is just like, (laughs) but then what if birds, birds? (laughs) (laughs) what if there were a bunch of fucking birds? (laughs) (laughs) What It's almost like they're trying to film the movie. Like he had pitched, he had pitched a different movie to them. It was like, oh, what if we did like a like a ver- another Vertigo esque thing, but this time it's from the woman's perspective. And like, okay, I can kind of see that. And then they're trying to film it. It's like halfway through Rebecca. What if there was a bunch of fucking birds? <laughs> they're doing the clip. They're like, all right, like scene forty three, the birds action, and Chippy Hendricks just like, why did he say the birds? <laughs> 
Yeah. And also, also, why does that guy have a cage with a hundred seagulls in it? <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, we we can get like you know into the nitty gritty, but but the overall thing is, I liked that it, it, you sort of needed the like the pullback mm. of the elastic band to then just sort of the last hour of it is just what if there were some fucking birds? <laughs> the original um, the original cut of this movie evidently had the beginning going way longer and way more because they wanted the they won. They rightfully assumed that the name of the the name of the uh, movie is going to be the birds. The birds like are going to be a huge part of the marketing. So like everyone's going to walk into that movie being like, okay, you know, like all these people are going to get attacked yeah. by birds. So mm-hmm. they Hitchcock thought it would be effective to wait, you know, like really marinate in the beginning, uh, and have like a completely other plot going, so that people would be shocked one every time they faked out like oh a bird got out of the cage but like it just flies around and they catch it you know like mm-hmm. it's not a big deal and they evidently had that beginning go for way longer and then they were showing it to audiences and everyone was just like leaving after an hour like what are you doing like this is terrible okay we gotta these people came in just clamoring for birds we can't have them wait for an hour and a half yeah honestly even then i still think the beginning is a little too long <laughs> Yeah, there's there's like a couple bird incidents, but I think it's about minute fifty something that the party happens with the kids, yeah. and you're like, oh, they're gonna fuck up some kids in this one, <laughs> um, because you're like, oh, there's like some screened on special effects from the sixties of bird stuff, but then like the one that Tippy Hedren saves is just like a little girl just like sprawled on the ground. There's yeah. a bird just going after her head. We we were yeah, we were talking kid. about that. That kid could have done more. <laughs> That kid was just that kid had submitted to that one bird extremely fast. He was just like, oh, whatever. It's over for me. He's got the high ground. Yeah, there are kids getting dashed on the dunes, just like man. Those kids like I know they're kids, but like their plan was like, oh, I'm gonna run out into the open field. I won't go into the house. I know, I know what birds hate. (laughs) <laughs> the elevated ground and I can't get up well. <laughs> I'll clearly have an advantage. I'll have an advantage against the birds the higher I get up on the ground. Yeah, I know kids I, are dumb, but like, come on. <laughs> these are these are sixties kids. They didn't have TV. They wouldn't. They didn't know. Yeah, they didn't have the internet to plan for this exact situation. <laughs> they had only watched reruns of Bonanza their whole life. <laughs> and they didn't have any guns, and that's how you solve your problems yeah. in Bonanza. Well, we can talk a bit about those first 50 minutes. So you you mentioned they have a the whatever the opposite of a meat cute we will still yeah. keeping the meat part is. <laughs> I was um, joking that the, the, like she thinks this is a meat cute and he is done with this. <laughs> and he's being a dick. <laughs> but it works. Um and 55-year-old, 32-year-old Rod Taylor. <laughs> that, is, man, that man has $100,000 in his 401k. There's no way. <laughs> like, that guy's been a manager at a law firm for 40 years. It's criminal law, 32? though. He's not making money. <laughs> he's, um, I mean, he's from Australia, and I just, he's, he just, he's, he's weathered. I don't know. Yeah, he probably um, smokes a lot. It's the 60s. Yeah, he probably does smoke a lot. Back Anybody? then, since smoking was healthy for you. You yeah. toasted Wait, it. Did he it's smoke toasted. in the movie, though? Because I know a lot of the no. women did, but did he ever? I don't think he did, but I'm sure he smoked a lot. Oh, outside yeah, of... yeah, maybe. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. I think almost all of the women smoked in this movie, but I actually don't yeah. think any of the men did. Mm. I Anyone listening to this, 
Um, obviously, not all of you know what Ben looks like. Hopefully, you get some some listeners out there that have uh, that caught I'll put up. Put up the video. Yeah. Uh, look at look at Rod Taylor, the bird. Just type into Google Rod Taylor the birds. Look at that man. That man is a year older than Ben. <laughs> like at that time. <laughs> How? <laughs> How in the world? So his Wikipedia photo is also from 1963. So Jesus, yeah. So just go to Wikipedia. I think he looks he looks older in the birds than he, he does, does in his Wikipedia photo, but he doesn't look 32 or 33. No, there. no, he looks like he's in his <laughs> yeah. 50s, 60s, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah he looks oh, like his George Clooney. January, so so he's definitely 33 there. He looks like George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven when George Clooney was like 40 something. Yeah, that's fair. That's actually pretty fair. You know what? I, I, you know how like a lot of like high school movies from like, you know, back then, uh, they would get like adults to play the kids. I think kids just looked <laughs> older back then. I think everyone just looked older. Yeah, and the clothes, the clothes do does hurt that illusion because like we know what current fashion looks like, so we automatically like take hairstyles and clothes and like age them up. Like we actually talked about that briefly in, um, I think it was. Uh, the Fablemans, where we're talking about how like seventies apparel on children just looks like some seventies guy just gave their children like uh, <laughs> adult clothes, like it yeah. never looked real. Yeah. Um, Rod Taylor only eight days older than Tippy Hedren, so they're the same age in this movie. Oof. Wild too. Yeah, she looks pretty young. Yeah, I thought Tippy was like in her twenties. No, yeah, both thirty three when this one comes out, and. uh 32 when it's filmed. So there you go. Um, so these, yeah, these people, Rod Taylor looks old as fuck. He's, he's kind of being <laughs> weird. He's, he's doing bird stuff. He's doing like, and then he's like, how do you like it when people play pranks on you? And she's like, you're, this is a weird reaction. <laughs> this is a weird <laughs> prank you're pulling. It was really good to just introduce her as like, you're Melody Daniels. You're the one who plays pranks on everybody. But like, we haven't seen any of the pranks. Like, she's just introduced no. as a prankster. Yeah. No, she just lies. It's not even pranks. Yeah. She just has a lot of liar. She just has a lot of time and resources and is the person who will drive two hours to give birds to a stranger as a joke. She's like the Winston Bishop of pranks, but like only the only the easy. Big. Yeah, it's like oh, you spent money and wasted time on me. Prank. I'm something I wanted. Your day going over here. You you don't have a place to stay. This is five hours in the car for you if you hit traffic. <laughs> All you did was buy birds I wanted and deliver them to me. The prank would have been if she like bought like canaries or something. Yeah, they're just it's a it's an interesting vibe, but it works on her. So she's like Paris Hilton, kind of. Seems yeah, like, essentially. Like, yeah, she seems like a kind socialite of, of some sort. She's right. a socialite, and her dad's what? It was like a head of the newspaper? Because there is, yeah. it does come up a little later because she's trying to convince him that. Yeah. Know. And uh, she talks to her daddy, too, on the phone. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a nice touch to keep have her keep calling him daddy over and over again. Yeah, that's who, we're, that's who this person is. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, it makes sense, even though she's in her 30s. I don't know if the character is younger, but that's. What's up? Um, but anyway, so yeah, she ends up in Bodega Bay. There's weird vibes. All the women are strange. It's uh, Twin Peaks adjacent, I dare say. Yes. Uh, I like the guys s- who own the, the hardware shop. 
helpful. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, this guy has like a down easter accent all of a sudden. <laughs> just in Going like up there, the Bay Area. <laughs> so it's like 60 miles north of San Francisco. <laughs> it's all of a sudden a Stephen King character. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so Suzanne Plachette, we've also done a movie of before. Anybody know? That is, of course... Of course, we all of know it. Of course, we know. It'd it's, be insulting if we even brought it up. It's oh, uh, I actually looked this up earlier. It's Spirited Away. Yes, <laughs> the U.S. dub, or well, I guess the English dub of Spirited Away. Easy Baba in it. Um, does a good job. It's much older by then. That came out in yep. two thousand one. <laughs> um, she's playing Annie. What's what's her character's name? Annie Hayward. Annie, Annie yeah. right? Okay. So much easier. And just look at my second screen with all the actors' names. I know, right? <laughs> um, and uh, she obviously also has a weird relationship with Mitch, but is like kind of helpful, kind of wary of Melanie. Yeah, they just kind of they just kind of exposition dump. Like, they, I don't think they ever go back to it, other than just to tell like the audience that she's important to Mitch. Like and vice versa. There's yeah. a weird sort of like connection that isn't super defined, isn't exactly romantic now, but was in the past. And what kind of broke it up was that Mitch has a weird mom. Yep. And we meet her. Uh is she still the oldest person to win Best Actress, Jessica Tandy? This is a Vaz question. I believe so. I can't think of many others there's a titanic lady but she only got nominated she didn't she's she's old here (laughs) yeah and this is the 60s and driving miss daisy isn't i know that it's 89 for driving miss daisy um scrolling through real quick i don't see anybody yeah i know julie lead actress right julie christie was up there when she but she didn't win she got nominated yeah and i believe hollywood uh um uh doesn't let women uh, act after they're 40 <laughs> this is correct and i think they only recently allowed them to act to 40 i think it was like 33 before i think yeah. they can go up to 45 now <laughs> wow how progressive yeah unless you're a, a miracle <laughs> uh but yeah as far as weird hitchcock moms go she's definitely she's a, she's up there she's pretty strange she just doesn't want to be left alone i guess I mean, can you blame her? There's a bunch of birds around. I like when she like breaks down and she's like, it's just all the business with the birds. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. You know what? Yeah, that's that's what happens. It's like everyone has these weird relationships and there's this strange tension around Mitch with all this these women in his life. Then all the bird stuff starts happening and you're like, I can't blame any of these women for being irrational in the moment. This fucking bird's attacking. <laughs> no one knows why. And no one's helping them. <laughs> In all fairness, like Mitch calls the cops about like there was a bird attack at my house, and the cops yeah, like, are like the cops I don't believe do? you. <laughs> also, what am I gonna do? Arrest a bunch of birds? <laughs> That's literally <laughs> my firing my gun at them. There's <laughs> what gonna do? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I like when the cop basically asks him that, and the way that Rod Taylor sort of delivers his response of like. The birds invaded. He's, he like loses faith in it halfway through. He knows it sounds like, yeah, I know there's nothing you can do. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then they keep calling him though, the cop. <laughs> it's the town's got one cop. What else are you going to do? Yeah. 
Now there's people being murdered by these birds, and I don't know what you can do about it, but you should know, police man. What's the Godzilla line? The the birds are killing people, and we don't know why. <laughs> it's Coach Taylor, and he's like, Godzilla's out there, and he's hurting people, and we don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> why isn't Coach Taylor in this movie? I don't, don't know. Tell me it's he'd, be he good. he'd be good in this one. <laughs> he could have been one of the kids who got attacked. There's no way. Those kids are all like 10. Those kids are all my dad's age. Hey, a 10-year-old back then was a 4-year-old. <laughs> they just look old. I mean, You're the town... They're weathered. Those are weathered kids. He could use the same accent from Manchester by the Sea and like, it, like you fit in with the hardware guy, basically. Yeah. The town looks a lot like Manchester by the Sea. You're not wrong. Um. Anyway, yeah, so... Then the, yeah, then the birds attack, I, and that's the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, the birds. They don't. Uh, as but as it's really from, good to me. <laughs> as the late great guy from Smash Mouth said, uh, they 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 won't stop coming, and they won't stop coming. <laughs> that's not what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Fed to the rules, and I hit the ground running. <laughs> Some of those children did hit the ground while trying to run from those birds. <laughs> so after this, basically, it doesn't go 10 minutes without an extremely iconic scene happening. I know you said there's not a lot of lines that stick out from this movie, but there are absolutely scenes that have been either part of whatever, you know, movie clips showcase you see at, you know, horror or just famous movies or countdowns and stuff it's always in there um parodies especially i feel like the birds is one of the most parodied things i remember specifically Hi, there's hangs yeah um i feel like there's a whole episode of that 70s show that's that's a hitchcock thing and that's definitely true because yeah there, it all is around eric falls off a roof or something yeah and then he gets vertigo I know Kitty ends up in a uh, phone booth in their living room and is being attacked by birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. That show is good sometimes. I don't that know. 70s show was better than it should have been. You yeah, know what? Sure. It's funny. <laughs> just yep. a weird non sequitur that millennials would appreciate. Mm -hmm. uh, there was just fucking, a fucking phone booth in their living room all of a sudden and a bunch of fake <laughs> birds were thrown at her from off screen. <laughs> funny. Um, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know. It's so good, I think. I like all these sequences, and it, we try to avoid going into, like, then this sequence happened and it was good, but the, it did, and it was, uh, and that happened a few times. I think you mentioned that there's a lot of sequences in this that have been borrowed, let's say, by other people. Um, and so the one that stood out the most to me came near the end because I feel like of all these sequences, the so many of them sort of stand out. Um, just through cultural osmosis, but the one where they're in the house at the end and it's getting like attacked is just a direct thing that's been ripped off so many times. And I, I don't feel like I'd seen that sequence before. And uh, maybe that's just me. But. Uh, I'm not trying to be like, oh, well, push up my glasses, but isn't there like a Ramiro zombie movie that happened at this point already? Uh, that was in 68, buddy. Ah, motherfucker. <laughs> You're trying to take something away from Hitchcock. I'm not saying this is the first time someone's house was broken into in a movie, but yeah, but like I, I do feel it's zombie adjacent. I will say it is extremely zombie esque. Yeah. Um. I also felt uh, Close Encounters 
just from yep. the noise that the foot, uh, what, what it was triggering for me was, I mean, a lot of times throughout this movie, I was really surprised by how interesting the soundscape was, um, how little traditional score there is, but how much just really, um, difficult to listen to bird sounds were happening <laughs> yeah i was the it almost sounded like sometimes like it was like radio sequence like foley work like sometimes mm-hmm. it didn't even feel like birds it literally just felt like almost like electronic um it felt almost extraterrestrial so yeah it was actually alien invasion stuff more than zombie stuff it was getting for me it was like i already yeah, mentioned close fair. encounters i also thought a lot about the sequence in the basement from signs Shyamalan. Um, yep. And I also thought a lot about Nope, the part where they're in the house. Um, if you haven't nope. seen Nope yet, but we will. There's there's a part where they're in a house that looks a lot like the inside of this house. <laughs> and the lights go off and there's something overhead and it's noisy and they don't know what it is. I um, really do like the scene where they're tracking, you know, his movement from like nailing the door and they get to the cross of the house and you can see Jessica Tandy and the girl uh, in the background and the lights go off, which is coupled with a bird shriek and like Jessica Tandy's eyes go nuts. And uh, it's, that was probably in that whole end sequence. That was probably the, the like one thing that like kind of let, had the hair stand up in the back of my head, like or back of my neck it was like, Ooh, like that was something. That was great. It didn't really lead to anything immediately, but it was still like a powerful moment. Um, I, Oh, sorry. Go. I, I talked a lot. You should go. Vox. All right. Uh, <laughs> I so I felt that, but for the scene where um, uh, Tippy is um, waiting at the school for Kate, uh, Kathy to come out, and the birds start um, like uh, getting onto like the playground, and then like all like on top of the roofs and everything around her, that is when I felt like, ooh, this is <laughs> this is actually kind of worrying. Yeah, <laughs> she got to get out of there. Screw that kid. You don't know them. Just drive to San Francisco. You're fine. <laughs> You you know these people for eight hours. Um, I in this the at the end I think it's before the light goes out. Actually, uh, they show the door a couple times before Mitch notices it. Um, but that's just like such a classic zombie movie thing is them breaking through walls, breaking through doors. But that door in particular looked awesome. Um, yeah, just one of the best door props in in a movie like this that. It, you know, there's like monsters or whatever trying to break through it. Good door. Um, that school sequence obviously is one of the more famous ones, and I liked it. <laughs> like I said, that's it's what it kind of turns into when you're talking about a movie. Like you said earlier, yeah. not a lot of plot, but a lot of birds. Um, what a lack of plot to mix up foreign birds. I liked how Tippy uh, like reacted with the kids. Like when she went into the school, she was like panicking. Like she wasn't like, "Oh my god, you guys gotta get out of here." Um, she was just like, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we should leave. Do like a fake fire drill." Yeah, and they were all on the same page, and it worked for seemingly about seven seconds. <laughs> I think as soon as they ran, the birds attacked. Uh, I have, I, I actually have a clip that I'm going to put into the channel for everyone else's reaction in case you can't remember it. Okay. Um, but it is the scene 
and I have it. I have it timestamped. It's a scene right before the explosion, where the guy has dropped the cigarette, and you can see the fire uh, going across. And uh, yeah. Tippy Hedren's face—they just kind of record Tippy Hedren's face looking yes. at the fire three times. And I, I damn laughed out loud just watching her. Really? I don't think. I don't think. It's her fault. I don't think they knew how to do it compared, and I think it's aged badly just from like the stage of, but like just how ridiculous her still faces looking at all of those. It's just like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> like, it's, it's funny you think that that's Hitchcock fucking up because that's like considered one of the probably the most famous insert shots like in cinema history. Really? Because <laughs> those look yes. dumb. <laughs> okay. I think I think it's audacious. I think Hitchcock's absolutely cooking. That whole sequence is awesome that to whole me. Is to awesome. me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just looks funny to me that her face isn't moving and she's just they just yeah. keep. I don't it's, know. It's bold as hell. It's awesome. I guess <laughs> I'd laughed. I don't know if that was the right. I like. I like that. I feel like a lot of these things are like. Mm, it's too bad Hitchcock sucked. <laughs> <laughs> he really fucked this one up. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't. I would love an explanation for why people liked that, other than like, I guess it's jarring because it looks so weird. But yeah, it's a little goofy looking. <laughs> it's goofy. It's fun. I so it just caused this. a bunch of people to explode. Like, yeah, it's goofy. <laughs> Some fucking birds flying around, and now the whole town's on fire. They can't. They don't have thumbs. They can't do that. <laughs> Uh, I was hoping that a little bird was going to be the one that dropped the match on the gas when the gas was leaking. <laughs> like they just show, they just yeah, show some seagull with a button. Finger, but, you know. Yeah, I did. So I, I will say that I really liked that. That the guy lights a cigar, everyone yells out the window, and it's not that the guy just drops the match like a jackass. It's like he gets distracted. So like he's like, what are they saying? Because they're all yelling over each other, and the match burns his finger. So like obviously he drops it because he's not aware that there's gas below him probably can't smell <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh he's but, a little drunk yeah the explosion the explosion's really good like um so with that scene in particular i thought <laughs> when you brought up that it was a bit of a screwball comedy originally i yeah. did think that was a bit screwballish because uh yeah. i found it hilarious everyone just trying to get his attention be like hey mister mm. watch mm. out <laughs> and then he just blows yeah. up that other that guy, the cook guy with the mustache, that, like walks out of the back, and he's like, "What's happening?" They're like the bird, what are the birds doing? They're attacking. What? <laughs> like that guy went huge. We're, <laughs> we're at war with the bird. The bird. <laughs> There's a bird war. Um. So this whole sequence, so I think we're going backwards in a lot of ways. Um. Just like we, I did, like we start with the end one. Now we're moving back to this one. The scene directly preceding this, which is also kind of part of the same scene in the restaurant, is like one of my favorite scenes in movies, maybe ever. This is recency bias, obviously, but um, and uh, it's awesome. It's all the first half of Jaws. Like it's it's just that, and it, it, it's like the scene where they're in the town meeting. And then um, Quince, like, nails on the chalkboard. I'm going to say some weird shit, and you guys are going to give me $10,000. Except, like, if every character was that weird. Yeah. yeah. And there's just one guy that's just like, there's no way there's a shark that's going to eat people. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, hey, that lady says that she was attacked by crows. And everyone's like, nah, it can't be possible. 
Yeah. <laughs> Except some of- people are like, hey, you're scaring the kids. Like, I don't know if I believe you or not, but can you fucking shut up? <laughs> I don't get how, like, they, like, I get it's a movie, so I don't want to be, like, really splitting hairs. But it's just Where, like, where the I- birds get their powers? <laughs> no, we did talk about that, though. Like, what do you think actually happened to these birds? Um, but, uh, algae. The, the, yeah, definitely algae. <laughs> but the, uh, um, the fact that like a bunch of kids got attacked and everyone's like, mm, probably making it up. <laughs> it's like, well, we have these kids with a lot of attack. Nah, don't worry about those kids. People didn't have camera phones, you know? No well, like, proof. I guess, but like, uh, I guess she is a notorious prankster. But... This is this is a world famous prankster we have in our midst. <laughs> Um, it would be great if at the end of the movie just the guy from Rust Development comes out and just goes, and that's why you never do pranks. Yeah. <laughs> the whole that whole sequence leading up to it. So I already mentioned like the first half of Jaws is a lot of that. Um, yep. the part in the town with the colorful characters and the mayor and the denying and the people trying to convince. Um and another Spielberg thing, I already mentioned close encounters. Um not probably a huge surprise that Spielberg has maybe taken some things from Hitchcock, but uh, the blocking in this scene is fucking insane. Like going out of its way to be blueprint level. Here's how you block a scene. And then I just remember when we did, when we did Fablemans, we talked about blocking also. So um, Uh, I think I also brought it up in the Vertigo episode because Hitchcock, he, he just knows how to block. Yeah, that dude knows where to put the camera and where to put the people's faces so you can see all of them, no matter how many people are in the shot. It's 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 insane. The whole scene is just like crackling and it goes on so long. And I love that lady who knows all that shit about birds. <laughs> She's the fucking best. <laughs> and I think like a lot of the people there may be coming around to Tippy Hedren's side and then they're like, uh oh, the bird lady's here. The bird lady. Yep. She knows a lot of facts about birds. She's gonna set it straight. I would have lost my mind at that lady if I was in that <laughs> a lady. <laughs> birds attacking. I don't know what to tell you. Listen, I don't know shit about birds, but <laughs> I saw a bunch of kids get fucking pecked to hell. Like <laughs> I love I think my favorite part of that sequence dialogue wise is when they're like, Oh, it's like every bird, and then she just starts like laughing and she's like, I've never seen different species of birds like like being with each other. Like now I know you're crazy. You're talking about birds being with other birds. Don't do that. <laughs> they know their brain pans aren't big enough. <laughs> I don't know anything about their brain pans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I probably would be just like, okay, lady, like, I don't have to tell you, we're all very injured. So <laughs> So, but- I wish so like they didn't really need to give her another line like they obviously after all this attack has happened in the, in the very yeah. famous phone booth scene that actually got glass in Tippy Hedren's hair because the 60s um but uh they they go they go back in and like clearly it's like that classic how everyone was just talking about you and now you fucked in the room and like nine like or is that actually like 20 people are all like looking at them like oh god and they show bird lady very scared that all her beautiful birds are now attacking people. Yeah. Um, and I like the lady that gets in her face. I like that. It's just like a 90 degree angle straight shot at her as she's walking towards her calling yeah. her evil. And then she gets slapped because <laughs> yep. she's a woman in the sixties. It was going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
That big you know. cure madness. Yeah. Yeah, back to there's I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's that is like no, you know the price of doing well, business with these. Okay. I think Tippy is in the right. <laughs> if a girl, if a woman walks up to you and she's calling you evil, I think you have the right to slap her. I think there's a very famous Sean Connery interview where he talks to uh, Barbara Walters in like the 1980s, where he says that slapping a woman when you've tried all rational things is the only thing to do. Uh, so yeah, I mean that was the '80s, right? So by that point, they had figured it. Well, Sean Connery also had a very short list of what was rational. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> he basically just said he just yells "stop that" in a Scottish accent, and if it doesn't work, he gets the slap in hand. <laughs> well, he's delusional. <laughs> by the way, Hitchcock and Tippy Hedren's next movie, a year later, Marty, Marty, Sean Connery. He was there for all that stuff. <laughs> pour, pour, pour one up for Tippy. <laughs> uh, she's still alive, isn't she? Yeah, and she's yeah. really, really into uh, animal uh, animal rights and stuff. Good for her. Weird. We haven't done Roar yet. <laughs> Vaz, have you ever watched Roar? Roar? The t- Tippy Hedren's like, passion project Roar? No. After, after she got really into rescuing lions? And then made a movie that took like 12 years for her and Noel Marshall to make. I never even heard of it. You never heard? Okay, so the reason I know about it is because it's a cult classic that was covered on um, one episode of Best of the Worst, which is on Red Letter Media's uh, channel. They're the half-in-the-bag movie reviews guys. Um, Mm. And uh, Roar is this movie that Tippi Hedren made. With like hundreds of actual lions, and everyone involved in it got like attacked by lions while they were making it. <laughs> but no animals were harmed. No, just humans, all of them. Uh, so, how many birds do you think died during this movie? I think all of the birds died in this movie. <laughs> At the end of the shooting, they were like, well, we have a bunch of birds left. Let's just kill them all. I think that last shot with the cars driving away, that's just what the set looked like at the end and all those birds were dead. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of birds. It's a lot, yeah. I don't think they were treated very well because it doesn't seem like all the humans were even. So, A lot of the no. uh, the seagulls were just captured from a dump. <laughs> it's yeah. There you go. Like I said, I wasn't going to have time to look up fun facts, so thank you. Yeah, the seagulls were captured, the sparrows were captured. And uh, all the Corvids were um, provided, like, either purchased or rented, for lack of a better word, Mm. borrowed by, like, an aviary or something. Do y'all remember when your phones stopped autocorrecting COVID to Corvid? (laughs) Do you remember where you were? We're never going back. (laughs) But, yeah. Was Probably the virus. October 2020, maybe somewhere around <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, the birds they're around. It's good scenes happening. I like when that guy doesn't have eyes. That's obviously a famous sequence too, but that's the first time I really noticed that, like, oh, there's no music and the sound is also really muffled, or maybe I have a bad copy on the Blu-ray I was watching. <laughs> um but yeah, that whole thing. Lydia does a bad job telling people what happened when she sees yeah. that guy with no one. Yeah, else. I mean, she doesn't tell anyone. She just runs away, drives back home, and then does kind of like a get out of my face move to yeah. to Mitch and Tippy, which is rude. Um, when your name's Tippy, everyone's going to call you that. I don't want Melanie is harder to say. 
I keep yeah. saying Mitch because it's easier than Rod Taylor. <laughs> Roddy. Uh, Rowdy Rod Taylor. Rowdy Rod Taylor. <laughs> I mean, he looked as like he had done as much hard living as uh, Rowdy Piper. So. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything specifically we want to talk about in the movie? We mentioned a couple times that Tippi Hedren had a really bad relationship with Alfred Hitchcock that um, steamingly started around this movie, but got substantially worse when she was making Marnie, depending on she's given, I guess, um, interviews that say like the actual sexual stuff started when she was making Marnie, but obviously this is all within a couple years. So not good. No, nope. not surprising, but not good. No. Um, they apparently spent about uh, $200,000 on making mechanical birds for the movie that they barely used. Yeah, I would it say they like barely. There's a lot of actual. There's a few. There's after at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh, phone booth scene, which obviously the phone booth scene I'm assuming was mostly um, f- prior footage. Uh, you know what I mean? Like the, they just have footage of birds like that they enter uh, super yeah. Um But uh, when Mitch and uh, Tippy or her are going back into the the restaurant, uh, they kind of just have. No one's no birds are attacking them, but like it's clear that they just kind of had like five or six birds just like flying around for like uh, effect. And what there's just one bird, so like they're getting in, and like there's just one bird that just starts waddling around the corner right before the end. That I, I really enjoyed. I liked that that bird made a a good uh that bird was probably picked up eating some trash at the dump two hours prior, and they dropped him in the sea, and it's like okay, okay, little buddy. What do you got for me? He's like, no, well, I'm going to waddle. Star. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to waddle real hard. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, the birds, I think all the birds actually do a pretty good job. I think part of the beauty of the bird attacks is that right before they attack, they're just so whatever. You know, like obviously mm-hmm. they just have real birds yeah. just chilling. They probably just fed them a bunch of shit just to be sitting where they are. So they're all just kind of content birds. They probably like, didn't feed them because they didn't want them shitting everywhere. No, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I will say every post bird attack, there was no bird shit anywhere, which I found really funny. <laughs> just like, not only are these birds not eating anything, they're not shitting anywhere. They're, it's it was, so unrealistic. Took me right out of it. <laughs> it was established early that the chickens weren't eating the feed, so none of the birds were eating. Yeah, I did mention that, but it was still really funny. <laughs> What uh? What do you guys think the lovebird signified? Because I was trying to figure that out at the end of the movie, and I couldn't really come up on an answer that I liked. I think. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, go ahead, Vest. <laughs> uh, this is something I read, so you should go first uh, with yours. Uh, I didn't think they meant much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were just such a symbol, like you know, like then literally the last thing of the movie is like the girl being like, "Can I bring the lovebirds?" Like, and the lovebirds yeah, I think don't she's attack. Just being anybody. a little kid. Oh, so um, I'm pretty sure. Well, I saw I've read about it, and uh, I actually agree with it too. The lovebirds uh, signify um, Mitch and Tippy. Uh, Tippy, uh, they are because um, you know they got them in the beginning. They talk about them. They get together, um, and then uh, it's pretty much. I guess it's just them. Uh, but I know the like the birds attacking is sort of just a. Some sort of representation of their relationship together, mm. uh, and something along those lines. I can't remember. Uh, my computer's down right now, so I can't remember. I can't read <laughs> the thing that I read. 
I think in a cheesy way, it probably is also supposed to represent, like, hope. Like, they're the only birds that aren't attacking. And also, it's probably some weird commentary on, like, keeping birds in cages, because that was also a comment made at the beginning of the movie. Like, oh, don't you think it's unethical to keep these birds in cages? And, like, if it wasn't for keeping birds in cages, the movie wouldn't have happened. (laughs) I think there was some weird commentary on keeping birds uh, not just flying around, which I thought was funny. Hmm. Probably unintentional, but I, that that'll contract for sure. Um, I also wanted to throw out there real quick, just because I thought it was fun. Uh, the guy who gets the the businessman who has two things, he basically just is like, "Oh, I'll, I'm going to go on the road, but I'm going to swig a whiskey first before I leave," and then he gets blown up by uh, the cigar. Uh, that guy actually was nominated for an Oscar for Marty. <laughs> Like they just they just grabbed he was uh, supporting he did not win he was nominated for best supporting and Marty <laughs> just thought it was funny that they grabbed I looked him up because I thought he kind of looked like Tom Hanks I was like who's this Tom Hanks looking guy and it's like oh he was nominated for Marty I'm like oh it must have been after the birds it wasn't <laughs> it was eight years before yeah. they just took a guy who had been nominated for an Oscar and they gave him like three lines and they had him get blown up I just thought that was kind of fun it is nice <laughs> Mar- Marty's a cool movie too. I have not seen Marnie. Yeah. Marnie or Marty? Yeah. Are you saying Marnie or Marty? Marty. He was yeah, nominated Marty. for Marty. I was going to say that was definitely not. Yeah. Marnie was, yeah, the, was year the year after. Yeah. I've not seen Marty, nor have I seen Marnie. I've seen both Martys. <laughs> uh, but I I've haven't seen, seen Marnie. I've seen Quiz Show. Does that help? <laughs> Marty's uh, a big part of quiz. Anyway, <laughs> we, we were talking a little bit. So I want to come back to the symbolism, but we were talking a little bit about the special effects they did on yellow screen, not blue screen. That's why some of the math stuff kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily like, I mean, you can tell sometimes that there's birds that are not in the scene with the human actors, but yeah, I think it's like still pretty interesting. It's definitely unique. And it was done by Ub Iwerks, best known as the guy who, you know, designed Mickey Mouse. So damn. This is what he did after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think like obviously like because grain of salt because it's the '60s, but like you know you can uh, like I like you can tell like you said you can tell when they're not when the birds aren't actually in the scene. You can tell when birds are like animatronic versus real, but like it never really was like oh this is ridiculous. You know like, I never thought like oh this is like I still felt all those birds like when they when they're you know having the birds like peck at the hands and stuff i know it was just probably a bird puppet but i wasn't like watching that like oh god it's a bird yeah i wasn't like oh god it's a bird puppet i'm like oh no that guy's getting attacked by birds yeah even when they're coming through the doors and windows and and uh rod taylor is like punching them away yeah great acting job by rod taylor really thought really really do feel like those birds were fighting them (laughs) yeah for real i mean that looks good um, and then back to the symbolism thing. So this, you mentioned algae in 1961, there was something nearby ish to where this would have happened where uh toxic algae did make birds do something like this. And people were kind of freaked out. It happened in Capitola, California in, in August of 61. Um, but the thing that this is based on, I didn't know. And when the movie started, I was like, how is this based on a book? because it's just birds. Um, so it's a short story from the early 50s by Daphne du Maurier, and it's set in England, and it's more about 
metaphors. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like a metaphor for how the English citizenry didn't feel like their government could protect them from invaders in the wake of World War II. Uh, which which tracks. And the and the end of that is that um, there's a similar scene where everyone's inside and they hear stuff happening overhead, but it's not just birds. They also hear planes and helicopters and explosions. Um, and then they realize that it didn't work and the birds are about to attack again. And it ends with the guy finishes his last cigarette and throws it in the fire and just waits for the birds to come. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, it's about how much the British people think their government is uh, unable to protect them from outside invaders. But, you know, or set it 60 miles north of San Francisco <laughs> and be like, fuck it, there's some birds now. <laughs> that, like, that plot kind of, the like, the the story plot kind of reminds me more of uh, that Black Bear episode with the nanobot bees. With the, yeah. yeah. I don't know sure. if that was inspired by the birds. It kind of feels like it now, but... I hadn't yeah. thought about that before. Makes sense. Last lore hated in the nation. That's what it's called. That episode of Black Mirror. Right. I haven't seen that one, but just based on the very simple description you gave, it sounds like Yeah. It, they tie it to social media is more the the feel of that one. It's less like government like uh indifference and more social media's up being a problem. Yeah. And cancel, that makes sense. And cancel culture kind of tied in before cancel culture was really actually even a huge thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else we want to talk about. We haven't done, I think it's the first movie we've done by anyone related to Tippy Hedren, right? Uh, technically not because uh, 21 Jump Street has Dakota Johnson. Oh, right. That's true. We mentioned that too. She has like four or five lines. And her whole character is just thinking Channing Tatum's hot. Yep. <laughs> and being better at Ch- uh, being better also, at being a police officer than Channing Tatum. Yes. <laughs> uh, the end, I, I found I I kind of like how dire the ending was. I know we talked about that yeah. a little bit with what oh. the book ending was, but yeah, I like this ending a lot. There's another ending that was scripted but never shot, and they include the script and storyboards on the DV on the Blu-ray that I watched, and it was actually pretty interesting. Uh, definitely not necessary. It's they, it, it keeps, they keep driving and they go through town and it's all fucked up and there's birds everywhere and dead people, mm. but the birds are, it's kind of like, as they're leaving, the birds are just watching and they're just slowly, they have to like keep that slow pace. Cause there's just still birds everywhere mm. and they go through town and there's a lot of broken shit and dead people everywhere. Then they get outside of town and all the birds start attacking them, but they, drive and then the birds stop attacking them and then they drive away. Yeah. yeah. It's like, really yeah. Have, um, you didn't need that. The life is strange. Ending, if you the pick Chloe. <laughs> yeah. The life, life is strange is two endings. And one of them is what they clearly want you to have is the ending. Uh, and I won't spoil that even mm-hmm. though it's like a 10 year old game. But the other one is a whole town gets fucked up and it's basically just you and the other person, like the two main characters, of the game just driving around this fucked up town. Like, Ah shit! Guess we guess we fucked this one up. <laughs> that, that's it. Everyone's dead. The whole town's destroyed. Just, just, Sam Richardson. Okay, dump it. <laughs> forget it. Yeah. Yep, forget it's it. A, this it's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad. Uh, cool. Well, 
I think we already talked a lot about how we feel about the movie, but we haven't put a number to it yet. Um, because why listen to an hour plus of interesting conversation when you can just look, <laughs> you just scroll to the end of the IGN review yep. and see what they, they said. love that. I think <laughs> so. Let's give it a number. Um, on a scale of 0. 0.5 to five on any scale of your choosing except stars, what would you give? Whoever goes first has a real easy one. What would you give the birds? <laughs> Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I give this three and a half uh, kids marked out of five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, um, I'll, oh, yeah, go ahead, Buzz. All right. Uh, I give it uh, three and a half. Hey, mister, watch out. Out of five. <laughs> I um, love when they start yelling and they're like behind glass, so it's kind of muffled what Tippy Hedren says. Oh, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half. Uh, I got to finish my whiskey first out of five. Hey, lady, I got to finish my whiskey. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, your children are getting murdered by birds, but I got this. I got I, this drink. I paid for this 10 a.m. whiskey in a family diner. Not a and, then he's, and then he's by his car being like, I wonder where that lady is. Might as well light up a smoke. <laughs> Let me just roast this bone. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one's four and a half birds out of five for me. <laughs> I was going to do birds. Yeah, no one does birds. I always hem and haw and would take forever to figure it out. Then I have to cut out like a minute of straight dead air when I'm trying to think of something. So, Birds. Birds. Uh, this one was uh, birds. <laughs> Speaking of birds, so, so we all at least liked it. Um, yeah, no, I yeah. so like it's I think cool maybe my tone it. came off more negative. I stand by what I said. I it, I liked it. I so. Not probably something I'd watch again, but I think that there was a lot like like we've been over. Like I think it was a very influential film. Uh, I think like a lot of influential media sometimes like the stuff after it does elevates it. Uh, or elevates their product to a point that maybe the original suffers. Suffer might be too strong a word, but you know what I mean, where it's like, oh, I've seen stuff like this happen before. Uh, I know we touched on the music real quick. I didn't really, I did really like the, I really thought that not having a score behind it made the action a bigger deal. And I think that the blood, even though the blood looks like ketchup, uh, when you see blood, you're like, oh shit, these birds are really getting in there now. Like it, it's it's impactful in a way that a '60s movie with animatronic birds probably shouldn't be, uh, and I I will applaud it for that for sure. Yeah, and and just to be clear, I don't think I I totally see where y'all are coming from, and I was wasn't trying to be like combative or convince you you were wrong. <laughs> no, just, no. There wouldn't be anything to talk about if we didn't, you know. <laughs> Work out yep. the disagreements. Um, so just for reference, the other Hitchcock we've done so far is Vertigo. And um, me and Voz both gave that five, three, four, Sam, four and a half. So that sounds about right. I think we all liked Vertigo better. Yeah, yeah, Vertigo, <laughs> I think, was a l more fun to watch. Yeah, that's got a lot more of the real naughty kind of weird relationship stuff that Hitchcock does well. Yeah, and, it, and it, <laughs> It does have less kids get marked by birds, though, so that goes against. <laughs> if they all just go sixty like, miles north, <laughs> all those scenes of kids getting marked by birds are pretty funny. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so I think 
like I said, at the party, the first time it happens, and you're like, oh, they're going to harm kids in this one. Um, it's kind of like, oh, okay, you don't see that anymore. So that's Boy, like, howdy. Yeah. yeah, it's like Oblivion like, rules in cinema. Like, yeah, you can shoot them, but they're not going to die. Yeah. Um, and then, like, later on when they're running from the school and kids are getting, you know, knocked down and pecked to hell, then you're like, oh, okay, they're really going for it. Get a bird. They actually threw a bird at that kid. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, this isn't literally happening, but it is human actors that are being hit with things. And there are like real birds on those kids sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, there are. For sure. And those birds don't know they're actors. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't know they're pretending. <laughs> they're just trying to peck at them. Yeah, they're like, okay, I guess we're pecking. I guess it's open peck season on these kids. Yeah. Speaking of birds, this month's question's a two-parter. First up, any turkey takers? What's your take on turkey? You you in or out? Food-wise or bird-wise? Interesting response. <laughs> different? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure, I think go as, for both. I think as a protein, it's kind of mid. doesn't really taste like a lot. I'd prefer chicken. I think as a bird, they're pretty cool. <laughs> like, they just they jump on shit. They walk in packs. Uh, I love when they're crossing the road and they have one that's like hold, <laughs> like they have the hall, they have like the the crossing guard bird that will stand in the middle and be like, "You dare not run me over. Let my fourteen wives cross the road first, please." <laughs> yes, <laughs> renowned for their their polyamorous yeah. relationships. I don't know how anyone's answer can follow that up. <laughs> Yeah, you turned the first part of the two-parter into a two-parter. So one yeah. A, I guess, what's your take on turkey as a food? One B, what's your take on turkey as a bird? Um, I I kind of agree. I I do think chicken is better uh, as a edible bird, like in cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, not my favorite of birds aesthetically. Um, I do I do like their their designated crossing guard. Yeah. <laughs> and they are fun to see in the wild, just chilling in people's yards and stuff like that. But they're all right. Um, I've kind of turned on tur- uh, turkey. I used to not care for it at all, but I've grown to a, to acquire a taste for it in the, my later years. Uh, I still prefer chicken, though. And um, for turkey, the bird. I only like uh, parking lot turkeys, the ones that uh, love, uh, you know, walking around cars and messing up with people. Uh, those are the turkeys I like. Nice. Well, I answered what I thought about turkey as a food last week, but did not get an opportunity to talk about what I think of them as birds. Um, I love turkey as a food. I probably like chicken more. And um, turkeys as birds. We have a bunch in this neighborhood that are always around. Um, my mom feeds them and they've lost their fear of humans. So they come right up to you now. Oh, hell yeah. Um, they sleep in the trees near our house and it's really funny to see them up there. They're bad <laughs> at flying. It's, it's, it's hilarious to see them get up there. They have to get a running start. Yep. And then it's exactly like the sequence in chicken run where they're learning to fly, but they don't ever, yeah. um, except they start doing this and like, it's like a plane that's taking off and it has to bounce a couple times first. Yep. <laughs> It's yeah. real good. They get they get weirdly higher than you think they would. Oh yeah. They're way up there in those trees when they're sleeping because of they're afraid of predators or something. But yeah, they hang out in packs and hey man, they're 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 weirdos. They're really fucking weird. <laughs> but it's great. Um and then the second part is 
What do you just gotta have on your table at Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Uh, what do you gotta have? <laughs> so, like, crescent rolls count? Because, like, crescent Yeah, of course. There's probably less cheat answers than that, but yeah, I need I need some rolls. Oh, it's not bread. cheating if you go first. Yep. Uh, my absolute favorite um, Thanksgiving dish is uh, mashed potatoes. Love mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah. Um, my family always puts uh, French fries on the table, which they always <laughs> do for everything. But <laughs> very Portuguese answer, Mike Foss. Yep. <laughs> Hey, it's a potato. It still works. Yeah. Uh, Anthony's answer last week was just Charisse. So <laughs> it's fair. I wish yeah. there was Charisse in my uh, Thanksgiving. You no, know, absolutely. And it, the I might bring some for wherever I end up for Thanksgiving <laughs> because I'm still not doing the carbs right now. And those are definitely the best things about Thanksgiving. But yeah, right. I just have a few links to Charisse. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. My- there's a lot of Portuguese people at my Thanksgiving, too. They do a Portuguese stuffing that probably has chorizo yeah. in it, but they don't just have, like, chorizo links ready to rip. Yeah. It's a, it's a thought. It's a thought. Yeah, my parents never did turkey growing up. We always did, like, either, like, a pork roast or, like, a ham or something in the, uh, Ooh, in the pork oven. Roast oh, my God. Cubans and pork roast. It's name a better combination. <laughs> yeah. I can't. It's, no, you really can't. <laughs> can we used to, depending... Um, Sometimes for Thanksgiving, sometimes for Christmas, and then sometimes for New Year's, sometimes for all three, uh, depending on how spicy we were feeling that year, uh, we would get like whole a whole pig and do like the Chinese like this is what that's what they're called. Um, but it's like these Chinese boxes where you stick the pig in and you roast it uh, like literally all day. Um, and then at night when the party starts, you just have a whole pig just completely well roasted. The skin is amazing. It's just uh, it's one of the things I missed growing up. Well, my family's going to cook the shit out of a turkey. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to have to cover it with many different kinds of fats to give it some flavor. Yeah, I feel like turkey is so not seasoned well. <laughs> like, I think yeah. no one then, like, the youth that are, that are now cooking are, like, making them a little bit tastier, but, like, man, there's some turkey that's just unseasoned and dry as fuck. <laughs> Have any of you ever experimented with uh, fried turkey? Yes. Yeah? I haven't made it, but yeah, I think, uh, like, your my uncle, it, right? yeah, my uncle makes it at Thanksgiving. I attend, I attend my, me and for, for those listening that know me and Ben, or at least know Ben, <laughs> me and Ben are related on both of our father's sides. I go to my mother's side for Thanksgiving, and uh, the my uncle on that side uh, roasts a, or fries a turkey and also uh, oven makes a turkey. <laughs> Oven's a turkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Oven's a turkey. <laughs> Uh, he ovens yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah, the fried turkey is obviously superior tasting, but boy, is it! <laughs> you put that, put that right on your thigh. Just slap that baby right on there. Yeah, that I makes made sense. A ham for Friendsgiving last year that was great, and I'll probably make it again this year. But I basically just leave a ham in the oven for a long time at a low-ish um, temperature. Um, but and then I make a sauce that's like. Um, a Coca-Cola sauce and just keep opening the oven, keep like pouring it on top and stuff like that. Like I, I um, cross cut it to make sure it goes inside and it was delicious. I can't wait to make it again. 
That sounds really nice. <laughs> um, yeah. I've never had fried turkey. Same. Skin's really good. The yeah, tur- skin, the, the skin, skin the sounds part. like it would have to be, right? That's the turkey, the it. turkey, to be completely honest, tastes fairly similar. It's a little juicier because obviously the fry is going to get it done a little before. But like, I don't know, man. Like, as we were talking before, I don't really love turkey. So, yeah, it's kind of just like an added, it's an added like layer of like, okay, well, you know, skin tastes better. It's a little juicier. But like, at the end of the day, it's still here. Yeah. I'd rather just load up my plate with cranberry sauce and bread. <laughs> God, I love stuffing. Uh, white people really did it with stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're known for. Stuffing what is if so you, good. Had like, what if we had like a deconstructed bread? Yeah. What, <laughs> what do you mean? Dresses. Yeah. When have we, when have we ever steered you wrong? Yeah, when, when we got bread, we're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else that doesn't have bread, just miss us with that. Cause... 100%. We're bad. Yep. Well, cool. I think that covers the monthly questions. Anything else we should talk about for the episode so far? I like to point out that that's mostly British white people. Uh, there's a lot of other white people with really good cuisine, <laughs> but British white people don't know what's going on. Unless oh, yeah. it's bread. Should, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ital- like Italian British. Thanksgivings might be great. I'd love to be part of one someday. I'm not. <laughs> so you can find our stuff at Linktree. That's linktr.com. E slash late to the movies. No numbers anymore. Forget them. That was a bad idea. <laughs> two, two, two years in. Fuck it. Uh, whatever. Uh, link tr.ee slash late to the movies. All our stuff's there. Go find it. And uh, yeah, thanks to Bree, Sam, Voss for being on the podcast today. Thank you, yeah. birds. Thank you. <laughs> was that Craig? I heard like a robot voice. <laughs> oh, no, it's a bird. <laughs> The birds are here. Yeah, they're making weird alien sounds. <laughs> All right. I'm not even going to attempt to try the thing over this. It wouldn't work. <laughs> We'd all be at different times. The birds. <laughs> it's, it's we, we could do it like a round. Like, oh, God. It sounds started. so long. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, that's fine. It'll probably happen next time. Oh, birds. <laughs> 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 Thanks, everybody. <laughs> birds. Bye.